0: Witches and mortals seldom do mix, but when mixed marriage is on the cards, insanity pursues with the classic 60s sitcom, Bewitched, with your co-hosts, Vicki Ray, Rod Labby, and Keith Chowder. Witches have never been so exposed before. Hello, welcome to the License Podcast, and it's Bewitched Day, where we discuss seasons two, episodes five through eight. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky.
1: Hello, guys. What's up?
0: And Jesse Fultz. Hello, Jesse. Hey, all. What's going on? And myself, Keyshago. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Starting with you, Jesse. What have you been up to? Oh,
1: good, Jesse first. <laughs> What are you doing,
2: Jess? Uh, oh, well, you know, uh, I, I guess I've been doing a lot of at home projects. Uh, I had to strip a chair of its paint and repaint well, I it, I guess. It's sting- yeah, and then, and then I get to cane it after doing some signs, just finished up uh, other furniture and uh i've also been uh, what have i been watching so i've been what? watching old no. i've been watching old episodes of um sabrina like the original the show first, not the, the original
1: th- show what was her name yeah. the actress who's that actress um, quick, 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 melissa Hart. oh, melissa. Joan oh
2: melissa
1: okay Joan Arc, yeah yeah i
2: I, I, I don't too. know I've been trying to find something good and witchy that I haven't already watched. And I, I don't know. When I started watching this, it had more charm than, like, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I feel like after thinking about the show, It's more Sabrina, realistic? Not realistic. It actually... it. I felt like it was so many genres that it tried to be. And it had a different tone in the first... Few episodes, first season maybe than it did later on. It felt like it, it. It tried to shift into so many different things. It tried to be funny. It tried to be horror. Then it tried to be campy. I just didn't feel like it knew what it wanted really to say. Really campy. That's a good description. Past.
1: Campy is a really good description. It is. We would, yeah. I really liked.
2: Yeah, it and was cool. I was so disappointed. I was disappointed by the very last season, um, but I I really love the first season just because of how the first episode starts out, especially, I don't know why, but I really wish that show would have gone a different direction. But overall, I found the original show to be much more charming, despite being a more comedic take on Sabrina's character. And I kind of wish they also had that same charm in the actual show because I felt like it didn't and I felt like that would have helped lessen the hefty blow of how bad some of the characters were how bad some of the acting was are we talking about chilling sabrina
1: are we talking about old sabrina
2: no I'm talking about the chilling adventures because the original I loved it because it It was so dark I thought I just think I
1: liked it too
2: Yeah, I, I thought the first couple seasons were better than how it ended. I was very disappointed. I didn't like the last, how it ended. Uh, season.
1: I thought it was kind yeah. of, I did yeah, not like it. the, there was no, it was like after watching it for all these years, then finally getting them to finish their fourth season, they kind of whisked their way through it a little bit. And I was really, I did, I was kind of hoping for a better closing episode, <laughs> yeah. especially for yeah. fans. But what are you going to do? It's Netflix.
0: I mean, yeah. I think what you have to do is you have to look at the history of Sabrina. Sabrina started out as part of the Archie's comic.
1: that's right oh my god God, i totally forgot that
0: and so it was done on us um a very 60s you know before the drug culture took over about um, very wholesome and this is a group of teenagers and then sabrina was less like you know a a, a wacky teenager and that sort of thing and then it transposed (coughs) into a saturday morning cartoon which we have the archies and the sabrina hour Sort of Don't thing. That Josie was very much camp. in the vein of Hanna Barbera um, comedy um, cartoon series of the seventies. So basically, when the TV series came across on, oh, I think it was Nickel. Oh, I think it was either Nickel. It was I think it was Nickelodeon. CW? No, it was a Nickelodeon. Was show. It? And so basically, right, right. at that time um, in the nineties, teen comedies, along with the Disney Channel, were coming out with um, teen comedies that were um, very much in the format of a nineteen eighties comedy series so it's very like comedy yeah. jokes and stuff like this and there's a lot, of not, not a lot of follow-through going through with storylines and stuff like this exactly as as, yeah the 90s That this is the 90s okay. 90s 90s children television right at the same time animation was um coming to new heights but what you had with children's is that children were the children's channels are coming up with their own um Situation comedies, sort of thing. You know, yeah, thing think like Sister Sisters, Sabrina, yeah. um, Raven, all those kind of shows. Um,
1: My kids tortured Carissa me.
0: Clarissa explains it all, all those kind of shows at that time. At that time, the comics were um, taking a nosedive as far, as far as Archie and Sabrina goes. Then in 2000, they decided to revive them. And what happens, they, they gave them a darker tone and gave them to a more horror tone because of Buffy and things like that were yeah. moving horror forward to teenagers. And Goosebumps was actually bringing that forward, too, as well. So they decided to bring yeah. that. And that's why here we are in 20, late 20-teens in the 2020. And that's when we ended up with Riverdale the darker version of archie and then sabrina is the darker I version i loved
1: of them all I, I don't know what they're going to do with I, I i'm pretty sure they're going to have a another season of um, archie the archie well what the hell that riverdale. Was, riverdale riverdale why can't i speak yeah. today
0: well, but, Riverdale is a bit different because Riverdale is um, part of the CW universe. Yeah, um, I do think that if maybe Sabrina was part of the CW universe, it they're might. Not have
1: partners. They're it not partners. They might have lasted longer. No,
0: but the problem is, is that what they were supposed to do, but they couldn't get together. With CW is that they're supposed to have crossovers between Riverdale and. Sabrina. I was going
1: to say they never yeah. did that. Were they partnered? Did they have anything that binds them at all? Whether in the it's comic books, or- yes,
0: they're. Um, um, Riverdale um, is the next town over from where Sabrina lives.
1: Well, yeah, I'm talking about the CW and, and Netflix. They didn't no. do the crossover, so one doesn't really have anything no. to do with the other. They're two, two,
0: the, the two different companies that different produce them.
2: Yeah, like like
1: even in the Chilling Adventures so of Sabrina were, were the comic kids. books,
2: like, yeah, the, the, those things are connected even in those, but it was kind of annoying so they did, i mean uh, maybe not because i, I don't well, know they crossed over the, Josie the comic and the book series cats. is actually a little more yeah the comic book series is more interesting and i don't it's weird because it was directed by the same guy that wrote the comic so i don't know how the show went in the totally different direction than the comic books because i was actually more intrigued by the comic books than i was People the like, tv show the I, I thought fun. they tried a little harder in the beginning to make it match the tone, but then later on it just totally deviated into something that I kind of wish they had not I wish they would have stuck with the tone of the comics because I felt like the comics captures like that traditional old horror feeling of like what you want witches to be like, but then also old horror films and stuff like that. And then the show kind of loses that and turns into a sloppy Riverdale kind of thing especially when they uttered the term end game," which I, I hate. Like, people need to stop using that term.
1: Ugh. Who did especially the endgame? Especially for, like, romances.
2: Um, uh, Nick, Nicholas Scratch, he said that to Sabrina. He said, wow. Sabrina, we're end game." And I'm like, oh, please, I hate you. Harvey and Sabrina are supposed to be together, but I don't know. They didn't give Harvey anything Harvey. to do in this show. Get Harvey. <laughs> I liked Harvey in the original show because <laughs> Harvey. him and Sabrina were just friends for the longest time and they kind of built the relationship but in this one they were just together and I didn't, I didn't really care for Rosalind either I'm sorry she just wasn't a good friend and I didn't really see why Sabrina even liked to hang out with them because the mortal world was actually kind of boring. I, w- I always wanted to see more of the, the witchy world than uh, the human world.
0: I think what they tried to do is try to create some kind of... They tried to take a situation that was a lot darker for a teen audience and try to bring it very back to the teen inks. And I think that's where its problem was, because Sabrina, the comic book itself is like, you know, she's pretty much grown a little bit sort of thing and so you know so they, yeah. and the comic books are a lot more gorier and a lot more darker yes. than the TV. yes and i love that and it's almost like oh we can't have this because netflix is doing this for a teenage audience even though they want the adult audience so if they made it for the adult audience i think the teens would have watched you know what i mean it probably would have kept it yeah, to get yeah, yeah. the darker tone they started out very dark but then all of a sudden it's like then it kind of went into like teenage romances and teenage yeah relationships yeah. and how yeah. hard it is to grow up to be a teenager and it's kind of like well you we already um, have shows that are doing that
2: and Sabrina could have been that show that did things totally different I mean the comic book already is and then when you have like a show about it, satanic witches so blatantly and so gory I mean that's not it started out being a show that of, of a nature of things that you didn't even traditionally see on TV well, I'm pretty sure that very the Christian church wasn't happy <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, I, I, mean, think, even American horror I think, I, 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 think I bogged in down
0: in the wokeness as well, being a bit too woke. Yes, well, yeah. that
2: ruined yeah. it too. Be- first of all, it doesn't go, like if anyone who studies metaphysics or like the occult, it doesn't go because first of all, in, in magic and witchcraft, they don't focus on like the whole feminism thing because they, they focus on the unity of masculine and feminine energy. So it just doesn't make sense because lucifer or baphomet himself is symbolizing the masculine and feminine energies within one single body so the fact that they were focusing on all that it really you could see they were removed from the aspects of like being true to like being magical and about witches and more about being political and that's when i started to get turned off because they weren't even focusing on keeping that tone and i started to get lost in that too because i want to see a show or a movie take like magic in the occult seriously and make it like a serious horror. I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing that comedic campy horror thing, like the babysitter TV shows and movies that are out there with, you know, the killer babysitters and all the killer teenagers and stuff. Like, I just want to see a, a, a real horror film that's about, witches that sticks with that tone because that's so fascinating. I've got me. one and for I you. I have yet. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> I've got one for you. One. I watched it the other night ago, so'm going to my spiel really quick but i've been i've been watching in between trips i've been watching um like nineteen thirties horror and I'm just totally loving uh-huh. it like i watched nineteen thirty twos was it freaks was it thirty two I'm pretty sure yeah. it was thirty two Oh my God. Watch that. It was like, it was disturbing Freak? watching it sober, let alone stone. <laughs> uh, it was, it's just, just a messed up movie. And I'm like, like, Oh wow. It's just like, that was, it was hard. It wasn't so hard to watch, but it was really creepy. And I think the director caught the essence of these human beings and, and, and what the, you know, it, it just was, it was outstanding old film. And I watched this other one. Oh God. I was talking to Joe about it. Um, oh gosh. It was with Christopher Lee.
0: City of the Dead.
1: City of the Dead. When I was, I was trying City to find this dead? movie for a long time because when I was little, I watched this whole black and white movie about witches. Well, again, they're going satanic, so you might not like it, but it's so worth the watch. And I was so scared after watching this movie when I was five. My my mother and father were out for the evening. I had to go in sleep between my brothers' beds because <laughs> I was terrified. And I mean, I was watching it through older eyes finally. What? 50 years later and it's it's just an excellent movie it's, it's just the gregorian chant going on and you got the hoods and you got the beautiful Ooh. blonde college waif who's going to be sacrificed for satan it's got it all man <laughs> it's just a great like, wow it's, like it's got this great atmosphere
0: i remember as well the so atmosphere has been
1: fantastic and it's so that's and making, this one is
0: called
2: City, City, of, the City of the Dead with the Christopher Dead.
0: Lee. Oh it's not okay. a 1950s film, actually. Fifty something. I think it's an American film. You oh. think it's English, but I think it's actually an American I film. Think,
1: I, I don't know, but all I know is it scared the bejesus out of me when I was little. Then again, I was going to Catholic school then, and the nuns used to tell me, oh. bad girl, that the devil would be sleeping under my bed, causing me lots of trauma throughout my childhood, and gives you the person you see here before you now. But, um, yeah, other than that, I've been... Watching some out-of-the-box kind of films and stuff, and uh getting ready to go to New York. Came back from St. Thomas last week. My daughter is so good to me. So, anyway, going home to see Yeah, City the, of the Dead
0: is a 1960 supernatural horror film. Is it 1960? Uh, it was produced in the United 60%. Kingdom, but set in America, and the British actors were required to speak with North American accents.
1: They did pretty good.
0: It takes place in 1692 in a fictional Whitewood, Massachusetts. Yep. So and then switch, switches to the presentation. It just really scared good the film. hell out of me it's when great, I was a little. Mm. hell. What, what
1: about you? So carrying
0: on. We'll carry on to the witches theme. Um, a good thing to watch on Netflix is Fear Street 1996. I watched that. Oh my Fear god. Fear Street. Fear yeah. Street 1996. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, it is. The second part some um, airs today. And oh, it does part. air
1: today. I was wondering when they were going to have the second part. It's like don't leave me hanging like that.
0: Yeah, they're it's um they they're three movies and they're all take they're all interconnected and the first one's um nineteen ninety six I think this was eighteen eighty something um and basically about this witch's curse in this town that corrects that causes all these okay. murders from happening so that's wow. quite good as well. Um, what else have I been watching? Oh, I started I watched um, Resident Evil: The inf- inf- Infinite Darkness. I really enjoyed that. It's Four part, um, thirty episodes, only four episodes. Oh, it was a
1: series?
0: Yep. That was very good. The animated one, right? It's animated. animated
1: Okay. It was animated. Okay. Okay, I was wondering.
0: And I quite enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. And another good um, series I started watching is an Australian series called Sisters. And basically what's happened is this old guy who's dying basically owns this uh, fertility clinic. And apparently he didn't have sperm donors. So basically he's pregnating all these women and um, on his deathbed, he sends his letters to the newspaper and it breaks the news. And his one daughter who's living with him finds out that she has about 80 brothers and sisters out there. So she, but um, it's, it's funny. It's joy. I mean, it's joyful. I mean, for instance, um, before this all happens, she, she goes on a date and she decides that she wants to have sex. So she goes on this date with this guy has sex with them, then has this and great big party where them. they all show up. And he shows up with another woman and she goes, um, are you my sister? She goes, no, this is your brother. And it's the guy she has sex with. So she gets oh to my her, god! thank you for helping my family. I had sex with my brother. That's <laughs> funny. Oh my God. But that would just be bro- funny. I, bro- I, bro- really, I highly recommend it. Really good. What's it called? Oh, I love the Australians. The
1: Australians. I think I've never heard, heard of that.
0: Mm-hmm. It started this week Australian. on Netflix. i have really, I'm really enjoying it. And Master of None, I'm really enjoying as well. So. Mm-hmm. um that's another that uh master of none going to the wokes so there are a lot of episodes about being woke but they're not hitting you over the head no. with any of it so it's quite good
1: oh, okay.
0: um and going back to sabrina about the woke it's a bit like the 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 transgender character in it it's like we spent so much time her t- explaining it to us and to be honest it's you probably didn't yeah, need it. and then she ends up with a guy anyway so you're kind of confused there but um yeah
2: that was so confusing <laughs> the
0: question, you know, the thing is, I think what they need to do is it's is fine to have a cross cross pollination of different characters and whatever they're going through. I think the problem basically is, is that we don't need it to be explained to us. Just have the characters live in their lives. You'll pick up on it and don't realize that they're normal people. Right. Once they start. Yeah, I feel us, like show the ins about- and outs of their lives. You're kind of going, mm-hmm, OK. It's like gay yeah, characters. If i a gay of... character, as long as they're not talking yeah. about their sex life all the time. <laughs>
2: so. Yeah. It, they kind of treat the audience like they're stupid. It's like, you don't need to use the script as exposition. So the audience gets it. I mean, that's what I, I miss about like older films. It's like they treated their audience. Like they could, you know, get it. They didn't have to, you know, have a character serve as an expository kind of, um, I don't know, aged Like the character is literally just exposition. And that's the only reason the character's in the show or movie. And I feel like this happens all the time. And weirdly enough, in like teenage themed horror, I've seen this a lot specifically because I'm always trying to find good horror, but it's so hard to find these days uh, unless you go back into older horror. But they did that a lot with this show uh with this show sabrina and um especially with the whole woke aspect that i just i I lost a lot of interest and they focus in weird avenues like when sabrina wanted to create like this this kind of all girl themed kind of support group for girls in the school and it's like i want to see more about like the witch stuff like i don't care about your politics i just want to see in the show (laughs) yeah and it's like i think well they have to have
0: a theme though yeah, no, but I think successfully you can you can add politics and you can add awokeness to your programming. Twilight Zone, the original series, did it all the bloody time, and it's yeah, like you it was subtle, it, it
2: was smart, and it was subtle.
0: Nicely, and and you walked away from it going, huh? It's like they didn't t- they didn't have to hit you over the head with it or explain it to you. It's up for the audience to sit there, and work it out. Strangers on the Train, gay characters, mm-hmm. um, Rope, another Alfred Hitchcock gay characters, you know, the thing is they didn't have to tell you that they were gay. You watched them living their lives. No, they were murderous or whatever, but at the same time, all the information is there for you. They didn't have to sit there and go, we're queer. We're here. Get used to it. You know what I mean? They didn't, (laughs) but you know, they didn't need to explain their whole lives to us or something like this. You watched it and you enjoyed the characters and, you know, and you, you know you got a hint of it even will and grace at the time i mean you know if you look at will and grace before the wokeness came across they were you know t- two gay guys so will i think had more of a relationship with grace than he had with any guy on the show but at the same time they weren't telling you about how hard it was to be gay and all this other stuff i mean the new series does that now now that they brought it back that's more more preachy but the original it's like basically it's just, it's just what they were Roseanne had a gay character on it as well her boss was and it was like it, was like, it just happened to be you know what I mean and that's what yeah. brings people in that's what makes people more accepting realizing that we're all thinking we're not preaching to you you know that basically we all have you know human problems like everyone else and everyone's in the same melting pot sort of thing instead exactly. of like look at me look at me look at me look at me <laughs> or like the <a> caterpillar <laughs> yes. would say Whoo, oh you oh god don't get going
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm so mad that i missed that
1: you just blew us off admit it
2: no i didn't you were hungover again
1: (laughs) no i wasn't even i was
2: prepared the day before and because i thought it was that day for some reason and then um i woke up early that day super excited and i'm like wait it's not today it's it's the next day so i went back to sleep and then I didn't realize it was at a different time, so I totally missed that. I was so disappointed. I was so looking forward to doing Alice Wonderland, you could but
1: jumped fun. in anytime. Well,
0: I mean, if you, if you really missed out on it, you can always do Moby Dick next month.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you could read Moby Dick. There you go. If you missed yeah. us that much for our Classics Edition,
0: and I've actually, and I actually finished it. Actually, did not. I did. Not. Dick, I did. I did it's
1: killing me. So, so. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I mean, you know, it
1: gets better in the middle.
0: Yeah. It's a fantastic story. It's just overwritten,
2: personally. So. Oh, I, I have a question. I just recently watched the movie Practical Magic. What did you guys think of it? Did you guys see Magical it?
1: Practical Magic? About 120 yes, times. times. It's one it's, of my favorite I, movies.
2: It's one of mine, too. I really like it. As simple as it is, it captures the kind of vibes that I like with the whole witchy thing. I, I, di- I didn't like the beginning with the story, I, with the, the witch in the beginning, the, their ancestor. I thought the music was so not fitting for the story that they were telling. And it was like so distracting. <laughs> I didn't like the beginning two songs, but I liked the rest of the songs. The rest of them were great. Yeah, but there Stevie was a couple Next. songs in there I didn't like. There's like this weird country sounding chick that I, I used to hear when I was a kid. And I hated that song. And then I heard it in this movie and went, like, well, oh, I don't like it. But the oh, movie's good. I like
0: the movie.
1: I love them if you too. want
0: some really good witch movies, you should try the um, the Suspiria trilogy by Dario Gento. Oh God, I love that! Jess.
2: Oh yeah, it, I haven't finished. I haven't finished the trilogy, but I have seen uh, the remake, and
0: I've also seen the original Suspiria. i the like seen Suspiria. The, the second, the second one's Inferno and the third one, um, okay. I actually worked on. It's not great, but it's okay. Cheers of the Mother. It's the, it's the you final. worked on it? Yeah. What'd you do on it? I actually edited the script and worked on, worked on set during the making what? of the film. Yeah. That's cool. With Daria Nicolati and Asia Argento. And, and um, that's when I realized that um, the reason why they're dubbed, his films are dubbed is because all the characters are from everywhere they're in Europe opinions. and they don't speak. They're all speaking their own language when they're doing it. So the German actress is speaking German while the English person is speaking English while the Italian yeah. person is speaking Italian. <laughs>
1: I don't, I've wow. never understood how he pulled that off. Can't <laughs> he, tell. Did
0: it, he did it with every single one of his films. So it was quite interesting. I guess you just wait for the person to pause and that's when you do your lines.
1: <laughs> I guess.
2: Did he do that for the original? I mean, uh, for his remake of Suspiria.
0: I've seen it. I prefer, um, I like thought it was old, over long. I thought the acting was in it was really good. I liked the way that it was filmed. I also like... There's a lot of things I liked about it. I like... Um, what's her name in it? Um, Tilda Swinton playing the different characters. I thought that she was... She cool. was
2: really cool. I liked the... I liked the idea and the way she played the character. Because in the original, I don't feel like the the witches are as prevalent. It's more subtle and secretive. I mean, you know that there are witches, but they don't build upon the characters as much. And I liked... I didn't like what they did with her at the end. I was very disappointed that she became like this decapitated, mostly decapitated woman and I don't I don't really understand what happened at the end. I, I watched it a second time recently to try to understand it. It's slightly confusing. It becomes almost psychedelic and gory. I kinda get it now after seeing it the second time. I I, I don't I think Dakota Johnson's character is like a manifestation of the Mother Suspirium, I guess, right? Yeah. Have Mother you caught tears. um?
1: Have you caught uh, Salem on the CW? I think it's on Tubi now. I love that. There show. There you go. I was going to say that. has got to be witchy enough for you. So was it's so the series, good.
0: There's also the short-lived series, Witches of Eastwick, that they made a series uh, out. Yeah. That, that oh yeah, I
1: heard
2: it. Is that good? I know one it wasn't bad. It, or, wasn't bad. it wasn't bad. The mom from Riverdale,
1: I know, was in that. I, I like her acting in Riverdale. I don't
2: like the characters though. I, I think the they writing.
1: Kept up with was- that show because they left us hanging and they never revived it, and
0: I loved it. Yeah. Oh. I think it got a bit. Um, I think it got a bit lost in, when I think I think I knew where they were going, but they were getting a bit lost in the in the, in the original season. I think at the original right? season they if they tightened it and kind of moved it forward, but it's almost like they were like. Going slowly because we're gonna bring Daryl, you know, Daryl Van Thorne in, and you know, right. and you know, because they went so slow. I think by the time that character is introduced, is like people stop watching it. So, but um, as far as goes, *The Spirit* goes, the remake, it was okay. I do think you probably could cut a good forty-five minutes out of it, made a better film. I think it was overly long. But I agree. Heard, I prefer the original only on because that. it's the it's the sound and the look of it, and I like the way that the it, colors. i mean he he used snow white he used snow white as the animation that's what he used that yeah that's why the colors are blue and red and bright primary colors he used it because he wanted to make a a live action film look like an animated horror film oh that's cool that's really interesting wow and and then when you see this the second one it has a different feel about it but that's more done in uh, everything's done in like a water like everything's done in like aqua colors and 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 an, Yeah cuz
2: when you watch this movie considering it was the 70s I mean I know it was also in a different time period but um it was so colorless it was devoid of color whereas like Suspiria you're you're kind of like if you've seen the original you're expecting Almost a psychedelic kind of colorful horror. They don't have enough colorful horror, in my opinion. I think. I think that's why I like Dark Shadows. Trying to put his own stamp on it, somewhere and in another,
0: another direction. I think that's probably the reason why. That's yeah,
2: why. yeah, I get that. Yeah,
0: yeah, because they had that. Even I, even I the music that. wasn't that outstanding. I mean, the version of the music. I mean, I love the score to Suspiria. I mean, it's on my playlist. which <laughs> yeah i know but um i think goblin is it by goblin yeah, the, or something yeah it is
2: yeah the, i I used to listen to their playlist too it's it's very spooky it's very jarring i can't say that this music is very jarring i, I do wish there would have been a, a little bit more witchy stuff going on because i felt like even that was more not there as much as it was in the original because they were they were very murderous mm-hmm. In the first one, like very gory, interest like it being killed and impaled by stained glass. I mean very visual, interesting things going on. And I don't very feel like enough well. of that like, There's this thing that
0: yeah, you knew something was going on, but you weren't quite able to put it all together. And then there's you know, it's so, so, like when all the maggots fall in the gym and then you like had her behind the behind the sheet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and how perfect that Joan Bennett is in it. <laughs>
0: And another thing is, if, you're, if, you, if you want everyone to do karaoke and you can't sing, um, do the Suspiria soundtrack. La, 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 la. <laughs> it worked out really well.
2: Yeah, like, there was so much tension in that movie. I felt like this movie was more, I hate to say it because I do like it, but it felt a little more boring and slow, and I like that there was more tension in the first one, like from, from Go, there was so much tension and it was very continuous. Even if it was, I mean, some of it's kind of silly looking back at it now. It looks kind of silly compared to a lot of horror, but it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it a couple of times and I still think it, it's very cool visually. And it's, it's a very interesting The movie. best way to see very is either
0: with a really, really good sound system or be plugged into mm-hmm. Yeah. Be plugged into it. And then it's like okay. you start hearing things behind you and everything i mean it does everything all the original had like sounds coming from behind yeah. you and whispering going on behind you and it's sort of yeah it does
1: moving. doesn't it
2: yeah. oh the one part that was so hard for me to watch was the part when they were doing the dancing and the girl was being contorted that was it, that was so sad. real looking mm-hmm. oh. oh oh i almost threw up when i saw it was like,
0: oh that's so gross well, if ballet had more contortion, then I'd probably go and see it more.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Now, this brings us to Bewitch, Season 2, Episode 5, The Joker is the Card. When Samantha's attempt at a peaceful dinner with Darren and Dora is ruined with practical jokes, the witches realize that Sam's... Frank-loving Uncle Arthur, played by Paul Lynn, has come for a visit. Arthur takes a liking to Darren and offers to teach him a spell that will give Andorra a taste of her own medicine. Darren refuses Arthur's help until Darren faces one antagonistic encounter too many with Andorra. The only problem is the spell Arthur teaches Darren is also a practical joke. Once they find all this out, Samantha, Andorra, and Darren believe Uncle Arthur is the one who needs to be taught a lesson. And because Vicky is such a fan of Uncle Arthur, Vicky, we start with you. What are your thoughts of the Joker I was of so card?
1: psyched to see Uncle Arthur finally. Oh, my God. He's such a blast. Really? I mean, how do you not laugh at Paul Lynn? I don't care if people th- – I mean, you either love him or you hate him. A lot of people didn't like the fact that he was on the show. I guess he could be irritating. And most wise asses can, as we all know – we tolerate a lot of wise-ass here, but he was so much fun to watch. And I mean, he, I mean, just the way he was playing uh, uh Darren and stuff, you know. I uh, oh, uh,
2: love that.
1: Yeah, well, they're trying to have, what is it, a peaceful dinner? And they keep screwing with Andorra, and it's probably not a good idea to screw with Andorra. And uh, when Uncle Arthur comes up, they decide, you know, well, he's messed with us, so we're going to screw back with him, and... Then he, they make it look like in reality that the spell worked and Darren has magical properties, you know. But I mean it's just good, clean <laughs> fun when he's there because I don't know, he just laugh at the, the laugh, he just makes you laugh. I just l- look at him and I start laughing. I totally love Paul and I loved him in what was it, the Hollywood Squares. I mean, anything he did, I just loved.
0: Well, there's a gleam in his eye, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's he's definitely got that mischief. little gleam
0: in his eye sort of thing, especially like when he's teaching Darren that spell.
1: Oh my god! What was
0: it? Oh
2: my god! What was it? What were the so words?
1: Like, ziggy, ziggy, boom, boom, or something like that. <laughs> and then he starts doing the cowbell and the kazoo, <laughs> and I mean, he looks like a total moron. So and just like, oh earnest. my god!
2: I know, I know. I love this episode so much. It's like uh, this block of episodes were so good. I mean, I think I think it's almost. I, I hate to say this because I love the first season, but I think. These episodes are almost better than anything that's in season one, maybe. They're a little Um, bit grounded. I don't know. I loved every episode. Yes. And
0: they know there's some fresh new
2: material in there,
0: too. Well, another thing is, Mm -hmm. this episode we get um, Andora calls Darren by the word Darren. First time ever.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: For once. Until Prattico Joker. Almost
2: startled to hear his own name. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was he her when I was watching this, and I go, "Oh my god, it's Uncle Arthur!" I finally got to the episodes with Uncle Arthur. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, you get all these other crazy characters that are going to start popping in soon too, and it just takes off from there.
2: When Endora think- gets struck with that, I think chocolate or whatever, I, it almost looks like she wasn't expecting that. It looks so painfully like unexpected i don't every time i see that it's like i don't even it's like did they leave that a secret or something because her reaction to that is just uncomfortable
1: i'm beginning to think they're related to everybody in the witching world <laughs> they've got cousins <laughs> probably uncles you know they know they know what to elves <laughs> the cousin elf
2: yeah elves the elf thing is weird the elf thing's weird
0: i mean the Andora and, Dora, and- I mean, I like I like the idea that their the relationships have moved forward for between Endora, Samantha, and Darren right. as well. I thought that was fantastically well, especially like mm. um, you know, when they realize it's Uncle Arthur and they, like I mean, even like in the beginning before the opening credits, you know, it's like you know they got you know you can see that there's a closeness there. And then when they realize, you know, then Samantha and Endora, you know, they're all kind of like bickering with each other because they think that each other's pulling a practical joke. And then they, and then Indora and Samantha, Samantha goes, "Oh, wait, where is he?" And then she's like, "Is that you, Uncle Arthur, mm-hmm. in the bottle?" And then she looks I up know. at Uncle Arthur. But, but there's a nice closeness there, sort of thing. And then of course, when the show opens, what we get is, you know, Uncle Arthur pulling a practical joke, and in Endora, and of course Darren and Uncle Arthur laughing at it, and the way Endora reacts to it. You know, oh, you guys are juvenile. Blah dee, da dee, da and
1: she da. But then, long.
0: but then we get like the spell where he <laughs> you know, teaches Darren, Darren the spell, and then Darren does it on Endora, and Endora just sitting there going, what, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and, and then you know, then it doesn't work, and and um, Darren encore. does it again, sort of thing, and doesn't work, and and she goes, and Dar- Darren says something to her, and she goes, "Oh, I'm just waiting to see what you do next. <laughs> I'm just waiting for your encore." <laughs> I know that was the
2: There's best. This episode is one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> I did Did you find yourself? What's the word? Grimacing a little bit. It's like, oh, man, oh yeah, because you so he was so, don't he was do so that, earnest. That. Don't do he that. He was so
2: me. earnest and believed that it did something. Watching
1: Darren do that.
2: Oh, it was. It was. But it was. That's what's so good. And then you see Uncle Arthur in the background, just. Just keeling over in laughter in the hallways, you know. It, well, I wonder that was the best. If there was outtakes so
1: to this, because there certainly has to be outtakes to this somewhere. I bet you there's got somewhere. somewhere, somewhere. Because I would have just I, died laughing if I had to deal with these people doing that with the kazoo and the cowbell.
0: But <laughs> I also think that I also think that there must have been some fr- free flow to this as well, because when when Arthur goes, you know, the first time he does it, he goes, "No, you need to sing it." And doesn't know you need to do it. You know what I mean? I kind of wonder if that was it all. It brings added, up the xylophone. The thing. Because. Oh, I could totally see that. So. And, you know, the simple fact that when um, Andora turns herself into a bird. And. <laughs> and he's like, bring her back. Bring her back. Yeah. <laughs> <"But> she's family. <laughs> you know, because you don't like her either. <laughs> <"But> she's family. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wouldn't screw. And Dora seems like the ultra witch, you know, you don't really want to mess with her too much.
0: Well, I think she you know, I think she has a sense of humor, but just as long as the sense of humor is not played on her.
1: Her. Yeah. Her.
0: As it should be. Mm. I mean, she's the grand matriarch anyway, isn't she? Yeah. And Dora. So and I love the clothes she's wearing. I love the idea that she's not not classic outfit we don't i don't think pajamas we She yeah. dresses
1: up good they, they dress there's it.
0: one time there's one
2: time she appears as that and that's when um samantha tells her that darren's going to apologize to her and then most of the time she starts to wear her own clothes which i like that better yeah. i don't know why witches have to wear pajamas all the time like that i mean it doesn't it looks silly there are and whatever, and it's I, a
1: shroud you wear them to look pretty and and let the energies flow yeah. because there's just nothing.
0: But her. Is she, her, I mean, is is she, she just are phenomenal. like. Before she pops over to um, Samantha, she's just. I mean, is she just like lounging around at home? Because <laughs> before, because when she goes out in public, she, you know, she snaps her fingers and she's dressed or, or whatever she's going to do. So mm-hmm. basically, so basically she's just sitting at home and she's like, i going to pop in and see. Because she obviously she's not expected to be seen in public, or is she? She's not coming. You know, and to be honest, whenever she's dressed, she's like, oh, I just come back. You know, cause she brought the cake from Paris and she, right. um, so she's dressed for that mm-hmm. and everything like that. So but uh, another thing that's, you know, we were talking about this when um, Darren was turned into a monkey, um, a chimpanzee and about like how they're, they're trapped inside that the, the body of the animal and they have every memory of what's going on and then we and, oh, yeah. and dora and they actually brought this through that oh uncle arthur says that, oh you know don't you realize that she's trapped inside that parrot she can't get out mm. she's gonna live her life inside that parrot so now we know that you know when they become the animal they're actually trapped in there and they're, they're totally aware of what's going on around them so and so they like, yeah that was quite kind nice of magical we did have a little building. bit of carry through with that sort of thing mm-hmm. You know, before we had, you know, people turn into cats or whatever like that, right. but we were never quite sure, you know, how much of their consciousness is inside that animal, but apparently their whole consciousness. Is yeah, that
2: that that's thing. true. Like with the Siamese cat and then the poodle dog and the, you know, I think that was one of Darren's, um, one of McMahon and Tate's uh, clients when uh, Samantha oh, turns into, into a poodle. Dog. I, don't, I love that one I don't, too. I don't think he remembers though. I, I I think he kind of vaguely does, but that also could be because he's an
0: ape. Darren always I remembers know.
1: when he goes through the anthropomorphic Yeah, of the
0: most of the I time mean, they seem to. Well, I mean, Darren. I mean, basically, he write as he wrote as Darren. He was reading newspaper as Darren, and you know what I mean. So when he was a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So. And this one, the parrot said, that, "You know, we go to oh, Andorra, and the the parrot spoke to him, sort of thing. Said <laughs> <laughs> something. I couldn't make out exactly what she said, but it was kind of like an Andorra parrot voice, which is quite funny. Sort of thing. <laughs> and um, actually, this was filmed in July sixteenth, nineteen sixty five. This is the first of ten appearances of Paul Lynn as Uncle Arthur. So Paul Lynn appeared in ten episodes as Uncle Arthur. I Wait, thought there was actually. there more. Actually. A lower I thought there was episodes. more. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: then you get Doctor Bombay and Serena and all these other characters start. I don't coming like. In.
2: I, I'm sorry, but I've never liked Serena. Serena's probably the most annoying character, and I hate to say that because Elizabeth Montgomery plays her, but she doesn't have as much intrigue to me that I would like. She's kind of annoying. Mm.
1: Well, that's life. <laughs>
0: No, <laughs> Our next episode is um, episode <laughs> number six. Take two aspirins and a half pint of porpoise milk. Samantha gets sick and loses her powers after coming to contact with black Peruvian roses. She then starts getting green squares all over her face. Aunt Clara sends Darren off to gather items for the antidote that she will brew. These include in- ingredients such as bat wings, porpoise milk, eye of newt, and an ostrich feather. But it's the largest ingredient that really gets Darren into trouble. This was filmed on August 12th, 1965. and It's the first supernatural illness episode we yeah. made in season eight as Samantha's witchcraft blows a fuse. So Jesse, what's your thought on this one? There's a storm here. So I hope it doesn't. So I hope there's
2: not an in intro building and the fact that aunt Clara actually has some kind of victory in this. That's not nullified later on. There's no, I mean she does make a mistake, but ultimately she is victorious and being able to do something helpful. And that was very nice to see too. But I do love that they have like this cool little witch shop, just I'm assuming close by since Darren managed to find it on his own. Um, to, to get Corp these ingredients is, that he needed. Yeah, and all of those creepy witch ingredients like I have what was, like the, of of you, what was and, the rest of them? I have you. um um, I don't remember. Uh, I have new porpoise milk, bat wings.
1: Porpoise milk just sounds disgusting. An
2: ostrich feather, which they were fresh out of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought the store was kind of cool. The, the the store owner was interesting. Seemed to think Darren was a witch, but didn't question it. I mean, I always thought witches were like in this, uh, in the witch, I thought they were perceptive to see whether or not someone was mortal or witch. So I don't know. I, that's a little inconsistent. It's a bit of a gray area, but I I thought this episode was a lot of fun, especially the ostrich feather incident and how Darren (laughs) has that run in with the police officer more than once.
1: He gets arrested in this block quite a few times. Very,
2: very interesting.
1: (laughs) He's always getting arrested. Yeah,
2: that's true. That's true. And then, uh, I don't know. I know, I know that Gladys Kravitz or the actress, um, Alice Pierce was going through, um, the cancer, but I, I noticed that she started to look thinner mm. in this episode than she usually does. So I, I almost wonder if she was going through that at this point. Cause I think I do think she, <laughs> do she, think she gets She's replaced at some point um, in the near future. Yeah. I start, I I don't know. That was another thing I noticed here. Uh, what else did I notice? Yeah. There's so many interesting, funny things going on in this episode with, you know, her going up into uh the, the weird door upstairs yeah, the door takes
1: the place of the window, and a kind of, Then they're going to yeah, build the room. Actually, built the door first because we gotta get out there to build the room. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, and then she hears a knock later on and starts like talking to herself. And Abner's just like, "Oh my god, he looks so embarrassed by just the constant embarrassment." Abner, he's like the
1: typical. Typical retired Archie Bunker type that just doesn't want to deal with anything. He Definitely. Get his paper, drink Definitely. his beer, Definitely. smoke a cigar, be left alone.
0: Well, I mean, did you notice oh. one thing about Gladys though? She comes she goes, Oh, you know, Samantha must be sick. Oh, Cause she, you know, she sees that Samantha's getting dots on her face or well squares, I guess. But then she's like, Oh, well, she likes some of my chicken soup, you know, make her feel better. He goes, Oh, you know, and then, you know, Abner says what he says, you know, your chicken soup pretty much kills people. But then she decides to bring it over to her anyway. She doesn't even knock. She just goes right in and right up the stairs into the bedroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, oh, know, I know. She goes, well,
2: I tried like, to knock. Who does
1: that? I would kill my neighbor if <laughs> just walked in my <laughs> door did not It just walked into my bedroom it was like, "What are you I doing?" Know.
2: <laughs> yeah, even even for the 60s, I'm sorry but no one ever wants anyone in their space like that. Like no one wants just anyone to waltz in at any given time, especially if you have magical powers that you're trying to hide from the rest of the world. It's like, do they never lock the door? You know, you'd think well, having a neighbor even like if, Gladys, Even, you even if you're
0: well, last person, I mean, the thing is, if you're well, let's say you're just lounging in bed. You don't want your neighbor just to come up. I mean, your neighbor can come into your living room. That's probably not, I mean, it's, it's, it's irritating, but not as irritating as someone just walking into your bedroom when you're in bed. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm here. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's always going. I and, I mean, speaking of bedrooms, I mean, how long was Abner in bed for? When Gladys is looking out the window for most of the as people are coming and going, the doctor's coming and going. <laughs> she's just she's just at the window the whole time It's just like you know and abner's like re- abner's reading the newspaper side so i mean i don't know how how big this newspaper is but i mean you have to think about it, like he he's reading the newspaper for like three or four hours and gladys is at the window for three or four hours because darren goes out i mean the, first of all the doctor comes in so gladys is at the window and then of course the doctor has to see her and stuff like that she's so like you know 20 minutes 20 30 minutes and then he leaves. And of course, Aunt Clara goes, oh, can you go get these ingredients for me? So Darren goes to the shop and the shop doesn't look like it's in town. It looks like it's out in the middle of nowhere because we, when he opens the door, you kind of see like you kind of see like a bit of the outside. And it looks like kind of a wooded area. It doesn't look like it's in the middle of the.
1: Speaking of the geography, I'm just going to run this by because I think you look at the fandom pages like I do, Keith. And it said, bloopers and continuity errors. Bewitched is set in the New York City metro area, but behind the police sergeant's desk is a map of Los Angeles.
0: It's probably Where, true. Didn't
1: we say that we thought it was set in New York City? Or, I mean, well, in Los Angeles, but technically it's not. It's in, it's in the New York metro area. I did not know that.
0: See, someone told me that uh, one of the comments that we got about Bewitched when we tried to like, place it because I always assumed it was in L.A., only because everything feels very California-like. Yeah, this. yeah, But
1: sunny. it's the ones
0: that, no, it's in, it's one of the New England states as set in, sort of thing.
1: Well, she gets to Salem really quick when that happens. Yeah,
0: but she just zaps and zaps yeah, and zaps true. out, sort of thing. So, I mean, but I was, it's only because it, everything has a very California feel. There's not, there's not this New York 1960s, right. mid-60s feel to it. So or even a 1960 suburban feel, even the, even the outside of the house looks like a California new houses. It could be thing. Connecticut
1: too. It could totally pass for Connecticut.
0: Yeah, precisely. So I just, but someone told me that basically, no, no, they're in like Connecticut, Rhode Island, that area sort of thing. And that's, you know, he, he commutes to work, but then again, if he's commuting to work to New York city, I mean, the thing is nothing, we never see the outside of um, Darren's
1: they showed it once. I think they showed it once. And all it was was just a plain, you know, probably recycled building, you know, that people take pictures of. But that yeah. that, that was it. You don't see any skyline.
0: But we know it's somewhere. We know it's somewhere in suburbia.
1: Well, it's I mean, somewhere in suburbia. But, but I was always. But the fandom page says it's New York metro area. I did not know that.
0: Well, we know that Darren and Samantha can drive to Darren's office quite freely. So, I mean, and that, another thing that if it's New York, normally what happens if you live in a suburban area, you normally take a train into town, don't you? Into Manhattan. Well, they work. talk
1: about yeah. taking trains a lot. And I yeah. thought that in the beginning and then I, I thought, wow, that, I didn't know that trains ran like that in L.A., but for some reason, I had it hung up in my mind that this was L.A., and when I read yeah. that yesterday doing re- review, I just oh my God, it, it's it's New England or New York metro area, and I didn't know that.
0: Well, it I does have a real... I mean, another thing, maybe we think L.A. because it has a real backlot feel about this. Yeah, about. maybe. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. <laughs> but maybe. I always tell tell our other, you know, Joe Rondonzo all the time, I learn something new from everybody every day, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I... I mean, Aunt Clara's sweetness is what Jesse was saying. There's a, you know, there's, you know, I like the way that, you know, they treat her and there's always. Yeah. You you
1: see Darren, Darren is so kind to her and he hates most of her family, but he tolerates her mistakes. And so there's that humanist kind of whatever coming into the mix that they, you know, she, she's so loving. She doesn't have a mean bone in her body. Everybody needs an Aunt Clara. I don't care. (laughs) She can dress me anytime.
0: (laughs) I say, when we first introduced Aunt Claire anyway, she's kind of being bullied by the other witches, anyway. Yeah,
1: she, she was.
0: And I think that, um, and because there's a sweetness to her, that I also think because of her age as well, because because there's the doubteriness to her, there's that anything that she says, you don't have to worry about it too much because people think, oh, she's sweet. She might be a bit mad, but she's sweet, you know.
1: Sort yeah, of I thought it was kind of funny there for a minute. It's like, oh wow, she's got her mojo back. She's doing magic, but it doesn't. <laughs>
0: This brings us to episode number seven, Trick or Treat. And Dora wants Samantha to go away with her to celebrate a traditional Halloween ceremony. Darren wants Samantha at home to host a party for a potential new client, Jack Rogers, played by Jack Collins. Seeking revenge, And Dora turns herself into a little girl trick or treater, played by Maureen McCormick, also known as Marsha Brady.
1: Oh, I thought that was her. And
0: he places a spell on Darren that slowly turns him into a werewolf. But as Jack Rogers' company makes Halloween, products, this might not be such a bad thing. And this was filmed on July 29th, 1965. So that this off the trick or treat.
1: I couldn't tell that was Maureen McCormick in the beginning. Now that you say so, it's like, oh my God, it is Maureen McCormick. I did, I did not know that. I just. I did. I, I, always, I, I always thought it was funny
2: how she said werewolf. It sounds like she's saying werewolf instead of werewolf.
0: You know what I quite liked about Maureen McCormick yeah, playing uh, when Andora goes to a little girl and plays Marie McCormick. Marie McCormick, this is her second appearance in Bewitch. Yeah, her first appearance is when Darren has that dream of what their children. That's true. Yeah, be, they're and messing the, around
1: with them in the office and stuff. And so it kind
0: of gives them. like a, it kind of gives like oh my god this is like you know this could be you know what their child's going to look like sort of thing you know what I mean it's actually there's a family resemblance now mm-hmm. because they brought this same actress back to play. You know, Andora is a little. She girl makes a
1: great little Andora too. I was like loving that. I just thought that I got such a. She out of that. she
2: got the mannerisms as young, as young as she was. She captured the way that Andora speaks as well as she moves. So I was really impressed with that because that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anyone. I mean, surely McLean couldn't even capture that when she played endor's character in whatever the hell that was with uh, yeah. their take on the Witch. so I was kind of impressed that a little girl could do it.
1: <laughs> she did a great So
2: the, job. I thought that was cool. Um She she really did, yeah. It was so entertaining. I love this episode. They got the blue eyeshadow um, going on.
1: And those, exactly, eyes, yeah, those that too. Those, those, <laughs> the eyeliner slants. That that just perfect makeup for Becca mm-hmm. These, and Dora wears a lot of makeup, but everybody did back then. And I love the makeup. Oh, my God. I just get such a kick out of it.
0: I love the lines that they gave her as well. I mean, they 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 gave, you know, Maury Ma- Ma- McCormick some difficult lines to say, and she delivers them. Yeah. They weren't easy mm-hmm. lines to say. I mean, if you look at what she was saying about, you know, you know, about the curse and stuff Especially
2: like that. For her age, because she's not the Marsha Brady from Brady Bunch. She's really young here really young here
1: mm-hmm. and she's getting some parts and yeah, as character actors and yeah sitcom
2: well yeah you, you know kids kids are not always the best actors. sometimes they're really bad like even today it's very rare for me to see kid actors that are really good but she does a really good job and totally outshines most kid actors that i've seen in like modern day television so i, I don't know what the difference was i don't mm-hmm. know
0: if kids were just taught differently I don't know. Well, the thing is is normally when you have like a really good child actor, there's something a bit weird about them. Like Haley Joe Osmond, like or um Thora Birch, when he used to do interviews when they were little kids and the way they speak, it's like, <laughs> Oh, you're you're not a child, you're like a dwarf, you're like a person an adult trapped in a little person's body. So there's never so therefore it's sure. like when you see them on screen, it's like, yeah, they're good. They're you know, whatever role they give them, they get in difficult roles and they're very good. But at the same time, they're they're not child or human. We're here, Mm Maureen McCormick does it feel like you're watching a child, sort of thing. But even though,
2: yeah, she has the childish take on Endora, like, oh, I'll try really hard to remember the word. It kind of reminded me of like some of the things Sarah would say from Dark Shadows, except she was being snide and pretend.
0: Well, Sarah from Dark Shadows was a bad actress, transformed into
1: a bad actress,
0: Sarah. Um. Sharon Lentz is Sarah Collins. when she was a little girl, I don't, I mean, she might be a good actress now, but at that time, I mean, the way she delivered line. Well, she uses it. I mean, just go, David, I want to play with you. (laughs) I mean, it kind of works though, because she, it, it kind of comes off as like
2: a spoiled child making demands. And she well, was from a wealthy family. So it kind of worked. Well, David was a bad actor in the beginning.
0: He got better as the season. Yeah, he as, did get as better. The series went on. That's
2: true. That's true. He did kind of run his lines, like, as lines. Especially with Miss Winters. Like, Miss Winters, I thought we were going to go over to the park today. And it was it would just be very bland and, like, okay. It probably storm,
1: like storm a and thundering and lightning sure. outside. Because that's all it does. I
0: don't <laughs> <laughs> <True. laughs> I don't Never like you anymore. You're <laughs> not my you're not my mother. Boom boom boom. There you go. <laughs> winter I love this winter.
1: When you get to the episodes where Quentin's there, David really you could tell he's really gotten really good by then. Yeah, he gets I mean yeah, he got yeah, older,
0: The better he got sort of thing.
1: It was a great episode. It was out of out of all of them it wasn't particularly my favorite, but I loved the little Endora. I did not know that was Maureen McCormick, but I'm going to probably rewatch it now cuz I, I'll have to because that drives me nuts if I didn't catch it the first time. But I thought I, I
0: love Darren turning into the werewolf. I love the werewolf. Oh, maker. my God. I know.
1: And he kept going back and forth and he kept shaving. <laughs> he tried to shave the hair off. So funny. Crows.
2: So funny.
1: And you got the teeth going on. And then you got that idiot cook, uh, guy in the, in the living room waiting for him that the campaign They want his campaign. And don't forget the ugly. Was it, this also one with the ugly witches that there was they wanted to hang on the doors?
0: Yeah. Halloween just yeah. Yeah. That, that was and yeah. Dora
1: and 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 uh, Samantha. So just like you know, just they don't want to be bothered on Halloween. It's obvious. This is our second Halloween, right?
2: I I will say I was kind of disappointed with how I felt like they led up to like a really big extravagant episode because it was Halloween. So I was kind of disappointed that they made it sound like something big was going to happen. You know because. I'm trying to remember which episode, but do you remember that uh, episode where Andorra is like a glowing ball and appears to Samantha's like this glowing ball and it becomes like this really interesting, magical episode. I was kind of expecting something like that here and I was kind of disappointed. Not, nothing more magical and Halloweeny happened aside from this. Um, that was the only thing I was disappointed about with this episode. And I thought if they would have had that, that would have made the episode better. Um, because I do kind of, I do wish magical stuff happened. I, I know because of the times and stuff and, you know, even as much as they had, as far as magic is concerned, um, it was as risky as they could be at the time, but I still would have wished that they could do a little bit more with the witchy magic. I, I would have liked them to do at a little a little time. more with
1: Halloween too, as well. Cause I mean, it's, they, they yeah. do Christmas up, but Halloween is the witch's holiday. Just like, you well, know, like,
0: Exactly. Exactly. the thing is, if Darren and um, Samantha are having a cocktail party for Halloween, you would have think that the guests would have dressed up a little bit.
3: So, no, so, yeah,
2: yeah
0: the, I, I
3: was yeah. Larry
0: and Louise and the um, the exactly, yeah. Just a little bit, considering that they sell Halloween props and stuff. And they didn't and they didn't decorate the house for Halloween. Okay, maybe you didn't have to put the witches up, but there are other doc- doc- Halloween co- decorations you could have put up do you know what i mean well, yeah, it's
2: the witches holiday like the witches witches like in real life have their own way of celebrating halloween even if they don't put up like witches and skeletons in their house like there's other really interesting fascinating mythology that i wish they could have played into even a little bit yeah. um even if they had like i, I wish there would have been a conflict with like um samantha having like some like, family over yeah, like if Samantha had her family and then had to also entertain like guests of Darren's clients, that would have been really interesting. Especially if there's like a costume party, it would have been perfect for like Halloween witchy shenanigans to go on under the guise of Halloween, so no one really thought it was actual magic, but rather just a bunch of I
1: thought his wolf stuff
2: man, going on. His
1: Wolfman makeup was pretty good, actually. Yeah, but.
2: Yeah, that yeah, was, that, really was good. that was good. I just wish there would have been more of that. Like, if I we guess... did that today, there would be so many cool things.
3: He like,
1: starts tearing the that pillow apart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the face.
1: My dogs do that. Tearing the pillows apart. Like, Stop <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> I like it when he has the leaf Press-On nails on. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. Oh, that God. was the only part, yeah. It was a very campy take on the werewolf, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, it was very much um, in the vein of I was a teenage werewolf in Michael yes. Landon. The exactly. But,
2: exactly. Yeah. You know, it wasn't
0: the American werewolf where basically, you know, his clothes are ripping and <laughs> you know, the jaw comes out out of his face sort of thing. But, the American
1: um, werewolf I mean, I thought,
0: I thought it was, it's quite cute. I, I, you know, I did, you know, I did question about like, well, you know, you don't have to put the witches stuff up, but you could have decorated. I also sit there and say, as far as Darren saying that Samantha couldn't go, I can understand the reasonings behind that because oh, she's pregnant. It's not, a, you know, she shouldn't be traveling because he's like worried about her. So it wasn't like I forbid her to, be go-, to go because it's the witches thing. It's more, um, I, don't, I don't want her to go because she's pregnant and I care about her health. We That's you know back I in mean. the
1: day when women were treated with kid gloves and stayed in the hospital for a week after they they had delivered now it's Looking like out. you're lucky if you get to spend the night because of your insurance now and you're in the hospital you just push that baby out <clears throat>
0: Oh, they you're did the same and go back to milk and the cow.
1: stitch stitches did, up to your backside and all. They don't
0: yeah, care. They do the, the same here as well. You get you get, if you give birth in the morning, you're out by evening. You're home with that baby in the evening. So yeah,
1: it's like you know, I would at least want two days. Like hook me up with a Murphy machine and let me lay here, you know. <laughs> but don't don't make me. I go remember
0: home. when my sister I remember when my sisters were born. It's just like you know, and then because kids couldn't go to the hospital, so basically my dad would drive us because my mom would be in hospital for a week. So my dad would drive me to the hospital and my mom would look out the window with the baby and, like wave from us, from her, you know, whatever floor she was on from the window. Sort of thing. Because she'd be there for a week.
1: Not to that. mention the car carriers we've sat sent home with, they're like rubber rods or whatever. <laughs> and you just plop the baby. And my mom just carried me out. All of us were just carried home in the car, front seat of the car. And we yeah, sat on your
0: try- lap. <laughs> Britney Spears carrying the baby on your lap,
1: traveling <laughs> <it> away. We're <laughs> Brittany Spears, don't get me going on that one. I feel so sorry for that girl right now. Someone needs to wax her father, he needs to go.
0: I mean, I guess I understand why they didn't dress the um, dress people up. I guess if they did, uh, the other people were dressed up in Halloween costumes. I right. guess Darren turning into a werewolf might have got lost within the whole.
1: Yeah, I think it was there just to set the tone because he's, he always seems to come out of it like some kind of chaotic tragedy happens, but it all he always seems to bounce back from it and he always sells his account, so he always gets his account. Why they're not living in a mansion by now, I don't know because they would be lost without Darren Stevens.
0: Uh, and I do have to sit there and say, though, what I quite liked about this episode as well is that we get Darren breaking the third wall yeah. This time. And basically what happens is when Andora goes, Oh, I need to spell all along. I need to teach you a lesson. And Darren gets a little bit irritated, but at the same time, when Andora goes off, he just looks at the camera and goes, you know, yeah. shrugs his shoulders and kind of gives kind of gives a smile. And I thought that was quite a nice little thing. And he didn't really have a, a terrible go at Andora about that, considering that If he did, he had every right to. Really, I mean, this is kind of going above beyond. Because to be honest, the problem wasn't Darren in this scenario. The problem basically, Darren understands the whole thing, and he was very sympathetic. And he, when he said the Halloween, he didn't know anything about the Halloween decorations that were being sent over like that. So he had no clues. He had no part of that. So to be honest, if Endora really wanted to make a point here, what she should have done is made the point to the right person. I think Endora was.
2: I wish yeah, you would do I, something to Larry at some point. That would be great.
0: Yeah, Larry, that would he's, be he's great. A, he's
1: such a fair weather friend. I mean, he treats Darren like shit some kind most of the time. And then he but then when he does something, he's like the biggest pal going, you know, he's a Larry's kind of. Well, an, imagine
2: he, if he was the one that was transformed into a werewolf. How funny would that be? I don't know. I want to see him be in some kind of precarious situation. Yeah. Thanks to Endora or some other person.
0: I have to sit and say that Endora also shows some great strength here. When the um, the ad executive or Jack Rogers, um, played by Jack Collins, when he sits there and goes, "Oh, talks to Endora like she's in a costume." It's like, what the hell is he talking about? Because she's in normal clothes. Yes. She's not in her witch's clothing. You know, she's not in her zappy, um, you know, you know, acid green and purple outfit. She's like in normal clothing. He goes, "Oh, and look yeah. at her hair." It's like. That was kind of like a bit uncalled for. I mean, she does give him a tail. I know. I didn't
2: didn't get that either because she was dressed in like probably her most normal outfits out of all of the normal clothing she wears. She wasn't wearing like some Egyptian gown with like bright colors and dangly earrings or anything. It was very, very very normal, especially Uh for most women, period. Exactly. So I was confused by that too. Like she's probably dressed like most women of the period. What's so weird about that? Maybe the eyeshadow, but that's kind of it.
0: Yeah, precisely. If he says something that's about her eyeshadow and not her hair, I could understand more, maybe. You know. But Why yeah. does she
1: look like I dream of Jeannie though, Maureen McCormick? Well, I know a I, girl, I, I thought there's
0: yeah.
2: yeah, I thought there's a vague resemblance to that too. She she looked more like I dream of Jeannie style attire than she did like a gypsy but uh.
0: and her and her voice was interesting maureen mccormick's voice it was very she high used. pitched very high pitched
1: well she's a little girl
0: it almost too. sounded like
2: i know but it, yeah, it almost but- sounded like you know when you speed up a person's voice it had like that kind of like mickey mouse high-pitched thing going on
0: and it had a grovelly sense to it. It's like it was a high pitched gro- gro- grovel voice because it was like like she's yeah like, like she, was, she had sand in her voice at the same time. It's kind of it was kind of strange. Yeah,
2: I noticed that too. It, it was very distracting for me too. But I don't know if that was like something they did for the to add something to her character. If that's what she did like to her voice, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know what one could do to one's maybe to make her
0: sound, sound older, like that, but... make make her seem young but sound older or something. I don't know. <laughs> episode number eight a very informal dress aunt claire provides samantha and darren with new clothes to wear at an important cocktail party for prospective client charles barlow played by max schulalter barlow's company makes the mother jenny line of not very good tasting health food products sam and darren's clothes begin to vanish soon after their arrival this ultimately gets darren into a bit of trouble with the police Thanks to more of Aunt Clara's magic and a drunk Dick Wilson that Darren is in a cell with, he manages to beat the rap. Hardy Albright appears as Judge Cressetti. This was filmed in June 14th, 1965. And Jesse, what are your thoughts of the very informal dress?
1: Do you know who Mr. Whipple is? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Does
0: he? Gotta squeeze the Charmin. Who?
1: I just thought I'd ask because he's younger than us. Oh, is he from something else? No, he used to yeah, play. In he was um,
0: in, in the 70s and 80s. He did a commercial about Charmin and basically he played a shopkeeper. And basically, it, Charmin was a toilet paper. Oh, and he said, Don't squeeze the Charmin. He gets that
1: when people would squeeze his Charmin.
0: because yeah, <laughs> it, it was so soft. <laughs> oh, I see. And that's, that's where he came from. I see. From.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I like this episode. I thought this episode was fun. I don't think it was as entertaining as the rest of them or as good, but um, I thought cute. it was cute. And I I, I knew this was going to happen, you know, because Aunt Clara, they, uh, she's always, you know, we
1: had muddling up
2: her spells.
1: She's like, oh, yeah, right. because, it's working.
2: Yeah. And she did make really nice outfits for both of them. Um,
0: Darren's outfit was I, I don't know. <laughs> Darren's suit was 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 really well cut.
2: Darren also seemed very hesitant to accept the outfit, even though it was like probably one of the most normal things he could have received from her, and it was a very nice suit. I'm surprised he wasn't just more appreciative and like, oh, wow, thank you. Um, But he was like very hesitant and uncomfortable to wear it. I'm like, what what does your issue do? Well, with good good reason. I'm trying to understand.
1: (laughs) He kind of knew that, you know. Yeah, but streaking yeah, around he, and maybe please chase him around the,
2: the car. that was funny that was very very funny um or that, that almost trail. that that scene reminded me of like one of those old cartoons um from like the 1920s where like the characters are chasing after each other with like sticks and stuff and they're just going through all the kinds Warner of crazy movies, you know yeah. Yeah, back in the day when Betty Boop was still a poodle or whatever the hell kind of dog she Betty was. Did, did you know she was a dog? Yeah, she was a dog well before she ever became like the, I don't know, sexy Marilyn Monroe type character that she was.
1: Betty Boop was um, a dog. But yeah,
2: she used to be a dog. Yep.
1: I got to Google be this.
2: Believe it or not. It's gonna
1: drive me nuts. Yeah,
2: It's so bizarre. I know it's that. It's so bizarre.
1: <laughs> how did they get a ball like from a dog? <laughs>
0: Because it's called animation. I do not know. <laughs>
1: I know, but still. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like, it's a bit like Mickey Mouse um, evolved from a rat. You know, if you look at Mickey Mouse, he had like really ratty features and stuff like this. And then eventually they rounded him out to be Mickey Mouse sort of thing. So over a period of time. I mean, this episode, I quite, I mean, I had to sit there and say that, you know, Darren, you know, Darren, at first he goes, Oh, about Aunt Clara Oh, what's she doing here? But then he kind of settles down to it. And you know, he does make the face when he went with the clothes for um Samantha, which I sit there and say they look better on than did on the rack, they were a bit square on the rack. But when she put it on, of course, it fits her well. Yeah. And I think, um, but his mm-hmm. suit looked fantastic. Um, and I like that they took Aunt Clara to the party, sort of thing. And I and, and I, I love how they just let Aunt Clara speak to whoever they want to because they just <laughs> could, could you know. God knows what she's telling people. <laughs> but I quite, li- exactly. I quite like it. I quite like that they they're they love her so much, it's like, you know, not they're gonna let her just be herself and she can just mix with whoever. I like that they don't worry about her. Like, you know, normal you know, normal people. Normally it's normally what we get with other characters in the family of that. They're gonna be mixing with People, normal people, are the mortal people of Darren's world, and then we get oh, Darren freaking out about who they're going to talk to, how it's going to be said, well, how they're going to behave. Would I love with Aunt Clara? Is they'd let her just be Aunt Clara, and that she was able to, you know, get rid of the fire hydrant and all the, you know, she does some good stuff. And of course, you know, there's only a there's an expiry date on her magic anyway, sort of thing. But um, the only thing I kind of wish, and I kind of wish that. Um, that if the show was a little bit more risque, because when Samantha close starts disappearing, she just disappears with, like, I don't know, just a sleeve gone. And it would have been, I think it would have been more funny if she was just there in her slip or something. Do you know what I mean? Or, you yeah, know.
2: They did that with Darren, but they didn't do
0: that with her. Um, well, I, think, I, mean, reason I know she's pregnant at this for... point. So they're covering up her pregnancy because I think she's a lot more oh, yeah, to be in the show, so. Covering up who's pregnant. That's true.
1: Samantha's? Maybe that was.
0: Yeah, because Samantha's only supposed to be a couple months pregnant, but I think it just, i think in the show she, I mean, in real big. life, I think mean, she's like—I think she's like six months pregnant. So
1: she looks a lot bigger. Because if that. it
2: was another, if it was a, another character like Sheila or something, I feel like they'd be more apt to do that because I've seen them do that to characters like in *I Dream of Jeannie*. They definitely did that when um, there was an episode where Tony Nelson is given X-ray vision by Jeannie, and
0: yeah. he's like
2: seeing his secretary's underwear and That's brown what, candies that was a and good stuff. Episode. <laughs> yeah that. and i'm like i mean yeah i'm like so, maybe it was still too early i don't know if they would have done that if samantha wasn't <laughs> pregnant but yeah it would have been more
1: interesting it must have been like a formula back then to have um like the buddy system with these guys mm-hmm. you have the the kind good yeah. doer like general uh, or was it the major healy or whatever but he's also like like the pain in the butt friend like larry is you know he's yeah like he's kind of the yeah. same deal that. I mean, they, they're out for mm. themselves, basically <laughs> That's really all he, they It's all...
2: true, yeah, especially when some Beautiful blonde Or brunette comes well, along They don't even care about eye. the name
1: I mean, Larry Larry. Yeah, well,
2: At least he was single, it's... Larry's
1: married No, Larry's an asshole <laughs> He just yeah. is I would kill him if I was his wife
2: I know, and Louise is he so Understanding and it. patient with Larry It's ridiculous no, He doesn't he even doesn't. try to
1: hide it
0: I mean, I think this episode, I mean, I think it starts off well, but it does I do think it kind of peters out at the end for some reason
2: I agree you know? I agree, and it's it feels very drawn out. I guess you could say it feels very drawn out as far as it's
1: like another right I don't know, I didn't really the enjoy
2: middle. the drunk thing. I mean you you expected that to happen so it was kind of annoying to see it drag out with the you know the drunkard in the jail cell i, I didn't really like well, it was person. kind of funny yeah, watching him so funny either
1: me. he was hallucinating yeah. this and hallucinating me. yeah.
2: i mean i didn't find it that funny i found the courtroom scene funnier than that yeah i did part. too. also i feel like i see this character all the time especially i swear i also see him in episodes of i dream of genie he, he probably was he was thing. On a lot
1: of stuff
0: I th- I've seen him in movies play the drunk yeah. character. As the drunk? Person. Yeah, he's always played the drunk character. The first he played son, a
2: good like... drunk character. Though. I don't really find yeah. that funny. I, as far as like drunk characters or bar characters in Bewitch being funny, I think the more funny but not super hilarious characters would be like when Darren's going to the bar because he's having trouble adapting to Samantha's witchy lifestyle. And then, like, that guy's there acting like he did something to help Darren. Um. Even though he's, they're both having totally separate conversations, and neither of them is paying attention to the other. Mm. And then he walks away, acting like he did something for Darren. Like I guess that's kind of funny, but I don't know. I didn't really think this guy was funny. He was more annoying to me than anything.
0: But and I thought Charles Barlow, just... the guy, was a bit a bit horrible as well. Who? You know, they're getting, the one yeah. they're going to give a ride to the airport too, when Darren's parents disappear. Yeah,
1: that was kind of a messed up kind of situation
0: too, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's, you know, to be honest, I don't know if he's a bad actor or a good actor, but his his face was as annoying. There's something really annoying about his face. I
2: also found the resolve annoying with how, you know, I wanted someone to say that your product sucks, but this weird shenanigans kind of took away from that. So they didn't have to say or do anything. And I'm like, well, now the guy's gonna try to sell his product with someone else, which why couldn't someone just say your product's terrible? Like Aunt is the only person that did. But McMahon and Tate should have said something. There I mean, he's the client. Like, if your product sucks, your product sucks, like you shouldn't stand behind it. I don't know. I wish someone would have I was looking forward to a confrontation.
1: That was kind things, of weird dealing with that like- and they're trying to jump all over, you know, the the client and they want this client, but the food, what is it like a vegan thing yeah. that they're trying to sell? And I mean, it just tastes Star- well. Strawberry
0: things- jam was horrible. And yeah. the punch was horrible. I
1: wonder what they, I mean, even vegans find ways to make things taste really good. I mean, I have some seriously. Well,
0: vegan I mean, goods. this is the sixties. I think veganism was a bit like behind the times by this point. I think, I think if you're a vegan in the sixties, definitely. I think, I think you just like ate fruit off the vine. That's, that's pretty much
1: probably. probably. There's you can go to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was like the world of meat and potatoes back then, you know. Mom I know. Always so if you made went to a, a roast restaurant and goes, I just
0: want a salad, they would just basically like take you out back and burn you up the steak for being a witch.
1: I know. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean they they had some crazy recipes back then. I've seen some like really bizarre like jello such like, as a dip. And dip? like I don't know, different
0: well, jello. And, was jello and oh, the jello tea molds
1: in with the fruit in it and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, about jello, about, jello or, and cottage or, like, tea salad as well? Jell-O salad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of yeah. that I watched videos
2: good, of like Jess. vintage.
1: Don't knock it, man.
2: No, I totally I don't <laughs> doubt that, but no, there was still also some really bizarre, bizarre. It was bizarre, yeah.
0: And it was, it was and it was stuff. all brightly colored yeah. as well.
2: <laughs> Very yeah. yeah and it must because,
0: have been because they kind of always clashed the avocado with right?
2: <laughs> i think really it was probably because this. it was coming up the nuclear age that they were trying to make you know things like jello things that you could have in a bomb shelter last and make meals out of it maybe that's what i'm guessing just because Spam it seems
0: big. Spam was Bam. big at this point Spam. exactly
2: a lot of if you went canned, to a- long lasting food
0: if you went to a cocktail party it is normally like um a toothpick with like a square of che- um, cheese on it with some a little bit of pineapple
2: spam <laughs> which I- I'm not gonna lie. I, sometimes I do like canned meat. It's kind of good sometimes, like canned chicken and salad, or canned chicken, just eating well, it from depends. the can is good.
1: You're not getting the whole chicken stuffed in the can by Sweet Sue, are you? I don't know anybody that has bought the whole chicken in the can. I just no. That just looks like Toe Man poisoning, just waiting to happen. Ew. It's a no, whole chicken. Like, Go look at the grocery cans. store. You get your chicken breast in the can, like like tuna. But this is a whole chicken. They shove in the can. I have never tried once in my life to eat something.
0: Me neither. Like I've never tried anything mm-hmm. like that. I used to like the deviled ham, though. Remember un- Underwood's deviled ham? That they still make
1: it. Dish. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah, I still yeah. Like yeah. That shit.
0: <laughs> and I like a little devil on the outside. Dance. Yeah, a little red devil dancing. Sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll
1: probably get rid of him soon too.
0: <laughs> probably.
1: They'll yeah. be within.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's offended people as much as uh, Mr. Planter.
1: Planter's <laughs> peanut, dude.
0: <laughs> uh, but um, I mean overall, I mean this—it's not a bad episode. It's not a no. horrible episode, but no. I did find it, seems,
1: it. Did it seem like they switched writers or something? In the middle of the the show, something
0: happened. And, well, I had two writers. Something some definitely had Two writers to it, sort of thing. It had on um, Paul, David, and John L. Green. So there's two writers that wrote that. That's
2: surprising. It's surprising that there's two writers and yet not, not much really. Happened. I, I yeah, I feel like this episode not much happened. So it was kind of. I think it was. It a, was a like premise that they through. had, but they didn't bland. flesh
0: out the story. the pl- The premise is good about the disappearing clothing, but they could have. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, they could have, like, the clothes and, like, slowly start dissolving. That would have been quite good. Instead of just yeah. popping off sort of thing. Because to be honest, Yeah, but I'm
2: it was sick. like an ad- officer. Why would the clothes very, just, why would the it clothes, parts of the clothes
0: part pop off, though? It's like, you know, let's face it, Darren's suit wouldn't just be the bottoms. It would be the whole suit, wouldn't it? So you'd just be there in all just his underwear. Yeah. And so, I mean, wouldn't just be a I feel like it was, like, whole outfit, a outfit, wouldn't it?
2: I feel like it was a bad time for the for this particular episode. Maybe they should have waited, done it earlier or done it after her pregnancy or something, because I do feel like there was some kind of
0: restriction because
1: I don't know, it's I like just she's doing stunt sweetie or anything like that, but
0: I think it's no, more of the no, body, but more of the body thing know. because the thing is at this point if you notice that her clothing is very, very baggy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, well I mean, she's pregnant yeah. in actuality, so
0: yeah so i mean there's a lot yeah. of stuff where she's standing behind a table or she's standing behind the sofa or she's in bed you know sort of well, thing they've,
2: the they've announced the fact that she's pregnant though right Last yeah
0: the thing is she's only supposed to be like a month. so i don't she's think pregnant, they're not still she, hiding a lot further it. along in real life so
1: three actually but she just you know how they do it's sort of like soap operas you see somebody's a little baby and then two years later they're 25 years old Having adventures all on their own, you know? It's just the beauty of television. Well,
2: you know, they can get away with they can get away with that in a show because there's no sense of actual time in television. Like you can be wad, I mean, you don't typically think years go by in a show unless implied, but you know, weeks or months could potentially go by in a show and it would make a difference to the viewer. <laughs>
0: So now we get to the episode where we yeah. talk, talk about our favorite character and our least favorite character. So starting to, with you, Jesse, who's your favorite character and who's your least favorite character in this block?
2: My least favorite is definitely my least favorite is definitely the client from this episode, because he was just very, very brief, underdeveloped and just kind of annoying anyway. Um,
1: underdeveloped. My
2: favorite. Yeah, might be Uncle Arthur, just because it is his first appearance. And in this particular episode, he was very, very. Hilarious. And um I very much enjoyed his, the joke. He played on Darren. So funny. It's almost better than anything indoors done to him just because kind of he got to- Darren to It was painful to watch
1: almost. Yeah. Because it's just like everybody's laughing at him and he has no clue, you know? And what about yourself? I know, Netflix. but the
2: fact that he okay. just bought into Uncle Arthur's jokes. Oh, sorry. That's
3: okay. Yeah, he
1: did buy. It. I was gonna say Uncle Arthur's definitely my favorite character, just because he's Uncle Arthur, and he's funny. (laughs) And I need to laugh. Whatever you say, Sammy. I know. I just love his voice, too. I mean, I don't know. There's just something about him. He's one of those people you could look at and start laughing because he's got a mischievous look in his eye, like Keith had brought up, you know, he's just got that glint. And he's like that in real, What well, he was like that. He used to be like that in real life. So that's what makes him so genuine and so much fun to watch. Like, I don't know if he probably didn't, he don't know what Hollywood squares are, do you? Jesse, I know he doesn't know what Hollywood squares are. But if anybody watched Hollywood squares, they loved watching Paul in on that.
0: Yeah, he center he's square just, with me always.
1: He was always on there. He was always yeah. on there. And least favorite, God. I would have to say it's Jesse's underdeveloped client, too. He really didn't bring <laughs> a whole lot to the table, did he? You know,
2: he was, but, a, he and, was a wasted.
1: Yeah. But, you know, you got to like. She was really good, too, though, taking it on the chin, you know, and they're goofing on her. But I mean, it, this was a good block of, you know, I thought they were really great. I think that one. in particular. I was very excited watching these. Yeah, I enjoyed all these.
0: I mean, my least favorite is Charles Barlow, the underdeveloped, you know, the the, the jam guy. Um, yeah. He annoyed me. Um, they could, he, There could have been something a lot more done with him that could yeah. have made it a bit more fun. And, you know, even like the piece is like, and he kind of runs off. I don't know. It just, it, it just fell flat. Well, when
1: he's hanging out with the werewolf thing and he, it just, it's. There just there was just I don't know it's not a realistic show to begin with but he just didn't bring it you know
0: yeah now my favorite uh, my favorite character I'm gonna go with Maureen McCormick playing Endora
1: She was fantastic I it thought was. she was
0: just fantastic the way that she goes um, I still haven't thought of it yet and just the way that she delivered her lines and if it wasn't for that episode I probably. Uh, I would probably have said Andorra only because Endora was fantastic in the um the first episode that we she's was, a great
1: did. actress period though she really and, is. and I know that Uncle Arthur Oh, definitely a
0: more, we, we got him coming as well, and i I mean it's followed very closely by Uncle Arthur right. as well, but I just thought watching Maureen McCormick do it um an Andorra impersonation, I thought that just does it for me. I was like, oh my God, that this really was good.
1: quite quite good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it actually made me a little perk up. It's like, oh my god, this is really good. She's I didn't really even notice
1: it was Maureen McCormick. That just making me crazy.
3: <music>
0: That's going to bug me. So now we get to the point where we discuss our favorite episode of this block and our least favorite episode of this block, starting with you, Vix. What's your favorite episode of this block and your least favorite? The least
1: favorite. Uncle Arthur, hands down, all the way. Um, I thought it was humorous. And as much as I, I love Andorra, I kind of like seeing her get it just a little bit because she really doles it out. I mean, it's just that, you know, just she she does. I mean, whether she's turning somebody into a chimpanzee or, or toilet paper roll it doesn't really matter. She just does it. But on the other hand, it kind of made me cringe, too, because I hated seeing her get it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but just like, ooh, you shouldn't do that. You know, so no, that that, I, sense. never, never fool with Mother Nature, you know. But uh, that was my favorite episode. Love all the characters. I thought, you know, everybody played that off really good on each other. Lee's favorite episode. I'm trying to think of, why would anything be at least? I liked all of them. Um, I probably have to go with a Halloween episode. Only because it felt like two people, Well, uh, apparently two people were writing it, but what did they do? Break up in halves on that? I loved, although I did love uh, Derek, Darren's, um, werewolf attire and i thought they did a fantastic job on the makeup that could have been just as good on you know creature feature you know it was pretty good but i mean i really liked all these episodes that's probably the closest to not liking them is that one
0: episode Mm. more about yourself jess favorite and least favorite episode
2: i'll start with my least favorite just because i know instantly what it would be it's definitely the one with the Underdeveloped client, the disappearing clothes. not because the concept was bad. The concept's good. It just wasn't played out very well. Um, And it didn't go in the direction I thought it would. In the direction I thought would have made it more interesting, at least. Um, And then my favorite... I guess it's the Uncle Arthur one. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's one I'm forgetting.
1: They kind of run into It was into that each other. one. This is the one. If I don't have it in front of me. do. Of the episodes, they kind of run into each other on me. I don't know why. It's only this one show.
2: These ones are very, yeah, the, most of these are very fluid. I think the only one that stands out as not feeling as much a part of each other is the one that I said was my least favorite, which was the Dispringles, because that feels distinctly different for some reason from the rest of them it and does, that's one of the other reasons why yeah that's why it's one of my least favorites just because it, it not a lot happens in it and it just oh. doesn't go anywhere they build it up but nothing happens the most that happens is that darren gets put in jail but you know he's going to be fined and that's that's what's frustrating is that when you it's know you got are arrested fine, quite a you few don't times in this station it's the second <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah so when that happens and you constantly see him getting help you just
0: don't really have any worry for him my favorite is the joker is a card the woman with uncle arthur i thought that uh, that was a fantastic episode it was the best written and his mm-hmm. mood it flowed very well very very funny and i love you know the you know the Uncle Arthur, Darren um, getting together, Samantha, yeah. G- Samantha, Darren, and Dora, couple the the trio that's going on there, and the way that the way that it all pans out at the end, and the way that they then you got Sa- Samantha and Dora and Darren working together against Uncle Arthur, and then how it all plays out. I thought that was very very well tightly written and very funny, and it just it just felt like a classic episode. Um. And then my least favorite has to be a very informal dress. It's one of those ones that has a fantastic premise. And even though I think Aunt Clara's always fantastic, uh, I think Samantha had little to do in it sort of thing. She didn't. She looked like she was a bit checked out. I think Darren was kind of, they, everyone just felt like they were going through the motions. They didn't feel like, it's almost like, oh, we have this script, we have to do it. Oh, and It almost felt like, do we have to? Yeah, we have the script, we need to do it. And it just kind of felt that way. The energy seems to be a bit low. Like, lacking in this for sort of thing
2: I, I was saying um, yeah that's a good way of uh, putting it I
0: felt
2: the same way about the,
0: the show but that's a good way of saying it yeah it just felt a bit it just felt a bit dialed in mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to the end of Bewitch. Next month will be the end of our season of Bewitch, but we will be continuing, of course, in season five where we'll be doubling up our episodes. But next month, we'll be just doing um, episodes nine through 12. And of course, and continuing on with our Something in the Water month, which is July, of course, we'll be covering Ticks and Stung, which was was disgusting.
1: <laughs> two films and basically what
0: happens if something happens you're trying to make your cannabis stronger you might want to think about the wildlife that you're on, be- <laughs> be on, be drinking this as well and of course we'll be carrying on the dark shadows and of course july will be also um doing our soap episode as well and of course next month we'll be finishing off our classic novels season with moby dick by melville in melville melville <laughs> Sorry, my brain just Totally walks out of that.
1: Brain's the first thing to go
0: It is first thing to go. So it's good night for myself. good night, Vicky.
1: Good night, everyone. Be safe.
0: Good night, Jesse. Have a good night, all. And we'll see you next week with our two for one, which is Stung from 2017 and Chick